Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card, issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval terms apply. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. Real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk Cosmic Queries Edition. This particular edition, I, I'm kind of tired of naming them other things, and I think maybe uh, Chuck, my co-host, hello. Uh, the idea came up. Maybe we should call these Office Hours. Office Hours. <laughs> hmm. And just to get a little academic flavor me, back in it. Yeah, right on. Okay, we, let, let's experiment with it. It's Cosmic Queries. Office Hours. Office edition. Hours. Yes. <laughs> let's do that. Right. Chuck, hey, good to have you. Good to be here. Always You've a been in Aruba for nine days. Yes, my friend. I was in Aruba for nine glorious days. You're sporting a nice tan. And that, thank you. I've been working <laughs> on this tan for nine days and 40 years. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> but I have to tell you, after yeah. nine days in Aruba, uh, and I do not mean this in an unpatriotic way at all, I hate America. What? <laughs> no, I'm joking, please. We're going to have some beach. We got some beaches. We do have some nice beaches. Yeah. I've been to a few nice beaches here in the, in the States, but I got to tell you, that Eagle Beach, when they call it the second nicest beach in the world yeah. they're not lying really? I mean, the sand is just the right but you can like the beach without hating america what's that you can like the beach without hating america yes but it increases my love for the beach when i actually <laughs> juxtapose it against my hate for my own country <laughs> no <laughs> which by the way people do not write me i love this country this is the best country on the face of the earth even when i don't agree with what this country is doing i still love it okay so and all of you need to take a lesson from that okay do people write to you about that? Yeah, okay. people write to me. Like people write, people get very upset. They feel as though somehow we're being political on this show, uh-huh. and you know, I write them back because I know for a fact whether it's you or Bill Nye, mm-hmm. and I've met many of your colleagues uh-huh. that you, and especially you and Bill, you are not seeking a political bent. You are not seeking to deliver a political message. Ever. It is always about critical thought. It is always about the truth. It is always about the science. That is what it's all. And it's always about educating people or getting people to become curious for themselves so that they go find out for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That works. Yeah. And so, like, it really pisses me off <laughs> when people write and say, oh, I like this show before you guys got all political. Just because you don't agree with the science. Well, so it reminds me of the the moniker that uh, Harry Truman had. They called him, give him hell, Harry. Give him hell, Harry, yeah. So Harry, why are you always giving people hell? And he said, no, I just give them the truth. Right. They think it's hell. Right. There you go. <laughs> I like that. I just give them the truth. They think it's hell. There so you, you got go. questions for me. What do you have? Yes, I do. Office hours are open. Office hours are now open. Okay. <laughs> I feel like, what is it, Charlie Brown, when he used to go see Lucy and see the doctor is in. Oh, yeah. Oh, flip the sign over. Okay. <laughs> flip the sign over. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah, uh, we've got uh, our, our queries from all across the internet, and we always start with a Patreon patron question. Because we are that low. Yes, we, 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 we 
we <laughs> no shame in this game, baby. <laughs> okay. give, us the, give us some money. We'll I don't know if I'll ever get over this fact, no, but give, okay. Give us some money. We'll you, do if you, you support want. the show, you get your question That's up first. Right. You give us some. Go money. to the front of the line. We we will be your science whore. <laughs> okay. That was too much, Chuck. Take it down a notch. All right, here we go. This is Kyle Yoakum from Patreon who says this. Kyle Yoakum, good name. Yeah, that's a pretty good name. Mm -hmm. And he spelled it phonetically for me, so, you know, which it didn't have He knows you need help. That's good. (laughs) It's so true. It's like, don't F this one up, Chuck. That's right. So he goes, my name is pronounced Kyle Yoakum, and I, oh, I should do it a different way. My name is pronounced Kyle Yoakum, and I'm from Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay, Tennessee. You got it. He says, it seems statistically impossible for life not to exist elsewhere in the universe, but I try to consider all the possibilities to keep an open mind. If we were able to look throughout all the visible cosmos planets by planet and found no life at all, given our current understanding of the universe, what might be our best scientific explanation for why we would be alone that uh, so first let me reaffirm the statistical unlikelihood of that before i then comment on what happens if it's true all right keep in mind that if life only began yesterday on earth Mm -hmm. it would have taken four and a half billion years for that to happen Okay. That's a lot of time. A lot of time. It, would make, it would be pretty clear that whatever it is we call life was hard to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay? Nature was struggling for billions of years. Right. But that's not what actually happened. We have the ingredients of life on Earth, hydrogen, oxygen, carbon, nitrogen, other, and they're all here on Earth as they are everywhere else in the universe, mm-hmm. practically everywhere else in the universe. Right. These are the most common ingredients out there, one for one. Number one ingredient in the universe is hydrogen. Okay. Number one element in life on Earth is hydrogen. Okay. Number two in the universe is helium, but it's chemically inert, can't use it. Right. So put that aside. You can breathe it. Right. It's great for parties. Yeah, great for parties. Yeah. But it, it, you don't interact with it chemically. It's good for YouTube videos. <laughs> so next in the universe is oxygen. Right. It's the next most abundant element in life on Earth. And that oxygen and the hydrogen come together as water. Right. Okay. And you will also find hydrogen and oxygen and other molecules, but we're mostly water by weight. Okay. Next is carbon. We're carbon based life. Right. And so carbon is next in order in life. It is next in order in the universe. So these ingredients for life on earth are everywhere. Right. And so the recipe for this is actually the universe itself. The universe itself. Okay. The universe itself. Now, so you have the ingredients. Now you need conditions. Right. Okay. So whatever were the conditions on the early earth, you, you, we have to ask, were they unique in the galaxy or are they approximately repeated elsewhere? In our current catalogs, we, we have rising through one or two dozen planets in the Goldilocks zone of their host star. Right. As are we on Earth. Right. So you have all the base ingredients and in the tiny little blip of the universe we have explored in search for planets, mm-hmm. we have found one or two dozen planets in their Goldilocks zone. So now you ask, how long would it take? So you look on Earth, and the evidence, and recent evidence shows, we have possible signatures of life on Earth as early as 4.2 billion years ago. Okay. Earth only began four and a half billion years ago. Right. So, but let's even pull that in, because that was very recent data, and maybe it'll be overturned. Before that, the best evidence puts it at 3.8 to 4 billion years. That means... Earth was around for like a half a billion years, then there was life. Then something happened. Then something happened. Right. All by itself. There it is. Right. The ingredients, the, the, the time. And the conditions. And the conditions, and it's not billions of years, it's half a billion years. Right. So, however much challenge we have creating life in the laboratory from simple organic molecules, nature managed to do it all by itself. Right. Okay. So, hence the statistical unlikelihood of it. But if we go around and search every single planet in the galaxy, mm-hmm. which is more realistic than the whole universe. Yes. Are we going to travel between galaxies? We don't have to do that yet. Right. We, we ain't there yet. Right. But our whole galaxy still, and there's no other life, that would force us to look back to Earth and ask, was there something truly unusual mm-hmm. that happened on Earth? Our star isn't odd. No. The location of our planet, the mass of our planet, the fact that there's water, the fact that none of that is, so we'd have to find something that was unusual to right. enable it happen here and then have it happen nowhere else. Alien DNA. 
Okay. <laughs> Which, of course, uh, negates the entire supposition of well, this, no, even of if this whole case, question. It, right. It means it came from somewhere else. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. But no, but then if it came from aliens, we'd find the aliens. You have to find the aliens, right. Yes, that's why I said it negates the supposition of the entire exactly. question. Exactly. Go ahead. So that would, so science would then turn to wondering right. what would be sort of uniquely, it would have to be a one in a billion, well, however many, pl- no, uh, planets are out there. It would have to be so rare that it would happen one in that many planets. Planets. Right. Okay, so let's say there's, you know, 10 billion planets. It'd be, it'd be one in 10 billion chance of something happening right. on Earth. And but, but, but the same thing is, like you said, all of those planets have the same building blocks yes. that we do. Yes. yes. So what could that one thing be? Yeah. No, we don't. That's what I'm saying. We don't. Science would have to turn to then try to answer that question. Oh, I got you. That's what it would be. I got you. Yeah, that's all. So we would just have, right. So you would have to isolate that one difference. And it's very hard to come up with a strong idea about how and why something is when you only have one example of it. Right. So it's kind of like when the scientist goes into the um, laboratory and he's looking for the recipe for superhuman strength, but he keeps putting together a combination of all these things and he just can't find it. Or at least he'll find, he'll make it, but then the the subject will explode after like five minutes. So it's super strong. And then all of a sudden a small dog enters the laboratory and knocks over all the ingredients and they come together in a little slurry and they start sparkling and he falls down and slips in it and then he gets up and he's a superhero there you go that's the only that's, that's a one in a hundred billion, billion thing that's the hundred billion that's the thing <laughs> and, and may i add that is how the powerpuff girls were made <laughs> are you for real yes awesome yes, so there's a the, by the way so, so you know the powerpuff girls which i love Powerpuff Girls. You got to love me some Powerpuff Girls. I did not know their origin story. Oh, you don't know the origin story? I did not, but I do love so, the Powerpuff so Girls because I have I have a daughter okay, so, and a younger daughter. So there's the father who's yes, a scientist. Who's a scientist. He's in the lab. Right. He's in his basement in the lab. Okay. And he's trying to cr- mix these ingredients to create the perfect children. Really? Right? The perfect girls. And so he mixes together sugar, spice, spice. and everything nice. Okay. And as he stirs it, there's an accident in the lab and chemical X pours into this ingredient. And then there's an explosion right. and out come three adorable little girls right. with superpowers. With superpowers. <laughs> I had no idea. Chemical X, the power Chemical girl. X is the power cr- Oh, that's yeah. cool. So that's, what, that's your scenario. So yeah, that is my scenario. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. All right. Well, there you have it, buddy. Kyle, that's so, it. So here's just, let me just add, because you know where he's going with that, yes, right? Yes, of course. So... so you might ask, will there be something that will compel scientists to say, oh, God did it? Okay? Well, yes. Because this is, you know, fundamental. Like, right. many religions would assert that Earth is the purpose of the universe and, and the life on Earth, human life on Earth, is the object of God's affection right. anywhere in the universe. Okay. Right. So, I can tell you that um, we, that I don't know how quickly anyone would start thinking that. Mm-hmm. But what I can say is that if life on Earth were divinely created, okay, and somehow we're forced to that conclusion, okay, it does not force us to any other divine conclusion, right? Okay, right, it, it, right. That would be the extent of what you could conclude, exactly, because exactly. you would be able to now isolate the fact that this is indeed a creation. Right. However, what you cannot do is infer from that creation the intentions of that creator. Intentions or all the tracks that people have put forth right. that according to their respective religions was divinely revealed. Exactly. That you must behave this way and right. worship on this day right. and eat this food right. and don't eat that food right. and treat each other this way right. and not the other way. Right. All of this is sort of the the packaging of modern religion, or ancient religions as well as modern religions right. that are not required by the scientist who might be who might land there if, in fact, Earth is the only place with life in the universe. Right. Well, once again, as a scientist, what you would do now is you would have to say, now I need definitive proof that I am supposed to 
act this way or eat this okay, so food. So we need other or, kinds of evidence. I need, evi- right. I need other evidence. Right, exactly. So now that the evidence has actually said, yes, we are, this is the one thing. We are the, 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 the uh, ingredient X, the chemical, chemical X. X. <laughs> chemical X is God. By the way, you'd have to also add the fact. Right. Also add the fact. And right. I, I, I posted this during the Super Bowl where if the football field is a timeline mm-hmm. of the universe. Right. Where one goal line is the Big Bang, and modern day is the other goal line, then the thickness, the width, the thickness of a blade of turf in a far in the far end zone equals the time from cavemen to modern day. Holy crap. Okay. So if according to the Catholic Church, which accepts evolution but asserts that at some point God breathed a soul yeah, he did something into to primates right, exactly. and that would make us humans distinct from other primates, mm-hmm. that would have happened somewhere in, the in that blade of, of grass. blade of grass. So my point is, if you're going to say God created the universe and created humans in his image, mm-hmm. which is what one might find in Christianity, it's, it would be kind of hard to account. And we're the only life in the universe such that it'd be hard to say what 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 is all that other stuff for what or what's what <laughs> you, you got the whole rest of the timeline right if really all this was created for us why do we miss out on four billion you know on, on 13, 13 billion, billion years of cosmic years. history right why 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 do you wait so long right. I mean, these these would be sensible questions that philosophers would ask right right yeah and then well yeah and the answer would be because he hasn't there is no time for him and so it's no big deal no matter how long well, you got the answer already yeah the answer is there's no time for okay. god because he is from everlasting to everlasting therefore time and space exist within him oh. so he does not have to worry about time or space because all those things exist inside you of got him your catechism hat on <laughs> <He's going. laughs> preacher preacher man listen, go for it listen i know all this stuff you know, you know uh, go for it. he got the explanation yeah that, that would be the explanation yeah. you know so but what i would say you can flip it and say uh if your religion requires that human life is the only life and is the purpose of creation right and we do find other life will you abandon your religion Right. Now, that's a very good question. Right. right. That just flips the table. What does that do to the person who believes? Or you find an alien species smarter than we are. Right. Who can just completely manipulate us and put us in a zoo for their entertainment. They now become God? Well, so depending on what powers they exhibit, if they don't have the powers that your God and your religion assert, Mm -hmm. then you can't then directly say that they're God. Or if they look really different from us, we're not in God's image. We're not in God's image. Right. Right. And it's very, but that's funny. Yeah. Right. So just, uh, just to be fair in that, Right. And that rotisserie there. That's, I got you. Yeah, I got right? you. Ah, no, that's good stuff, man. That's good almost, stuff. almost a whole segment on that one. I okay. know we did. And <laughs> you know what? But guess what? It was really good. I mean, because right. Kyle, that's a great question. And uh, okay. quite frankly, uh, I, I found it fascinating because uh, you, your, you had your preacher hat on there. And listen, these are the things that people the, people think about this stuff I know. all the I know. time. And to great peril for the most part, there's a lot of people who this becomes confusing. And then that confusion leads to anger and well, no the only issue is if you you take your belief system then require that others believe it yes it's not the spirit of america where we welcome all religions right. in their own personal truths so <laughs> oh, really we, used, we used to no, I'm joking. <laughs> you only really have conflict when you are so certain of your religious beliefs right and so certain that everyone else is wrong in their religious beliefs, and right. then you take arms against them. Yeah. And see, I believe that that comes out of uh, just the opposite, to be honest. It comes out of um, the opposite sentiment. If you know for a fact you have the truth, then That's you can fact. rest easy in that truth. Well, you should be able to, you'd think. Right. Yeah. So, and, and, and you'd fear nothing. I, right. I, then there is no fear of any new information. There is no fear of uh, varying views and opinions. There's no fear of someone having a differing opinion. Mm-hmm. You can say, okay, uh, you know. No, you'll just say they all go to hell. <laughs> You've got plans for them. <laughs> no, there are places for that. To have. that that's all packaged. <laughs> that's a package deal right there. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Chuck, you just ate up like the last two minutes of this. We can't even get another question. How about, why don't you tease the question? What's the next question? Okay, so that's what we'll do. We will tease the question. And so this is what Michael Ranger from Twitter would like to know. What's the deal with space dust? Um, He didn't really say it like that, but I just like the way he says it. What's the deal? What's the deal with space dust? Is it dust? Is it gas? Is it rocks? What's the deal? Good question. Yeah. We will get to 
two when we come back to Star Talk Cosmic Queries Office Hours yeah. edition. <laughs> <laughs> All right, catch you in a minute. Working moms have way too many to-dos. Switch to H&R Block and have an expert do your taxes for you. Block guarantees 100% accuracy and your max refund or your money back. And with their no-surprise guarantee, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. You can even meet with a tax pro in a Block office or online from home. So take a breath, moms. This tax season, it's better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Description of benefits and details at hrblock.com slash guarantees. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any of you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Bring everyone together for a great time with the Nintendo Switch system. Get the whole family in on the fun with exciting games that everyone can enjoy, like Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and more. Nintendo Switch has three different play modes all in one system. Play in TV mode, tabletop mode, or handheld mode when you're on the go. Visit nintendo.com us slash switch to learn more. Games rated E for everyone. We're back on Star Talk. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. Uh, if you didn't otherwise know by now, I also serve as the director of New York City's Hayden Planetarium, which is part of the American Museum of Natural History. Chuck Nice tweeting at Chuck Nice Comic. Yes, sir. Thank you. Nice. Yes, I am. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so this is this is uh, Cosmic Queries Office Hours. Office Hours. We're just trying to rebrand it. We'll yeah. see if that flies. Yeah, we'll see what get happens. A little, get a little sign. All right. Put it out there. Right. 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 Office Hours. Get one made. Mm -hmm. yeah. The doctor is in, and okay. you are the good doctor. Mm -hmm. So let's move back to our queries in the form of a we, we, we question that we one at the end did, of the last segment. Right? What was it? No. And it was from Michael Ranger, and he mm -hmm. says, "What's the deal with space dust? Is it dust? Is it rocks? What's the deal?" So it's really Jerry Seinfeld. It's really right? Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> uh, coming to us in the form of Michael Ranger. So there's a lot written on dust, mm -hmm. and. Most of it, if you get into it, it's pretty nasty stuff. Right. It's like sloughed off skin cells and, and dust mites. Right. And it's just and cat dander. Yeah. I heard that most of the dust around your house is just dead skin. It's just dead skin. Dead skin, skin of and some just, sort. Just be glad your eyes are not microscopes. Oh. Because the world would be nasty. It's a nasty little place. Nasty place. Hmm. So dust in the universe has a very specific meaning. Okay. So if you look at clouds between the, the stars, these are the things that make up some of the most beautiful photographs that you've ever seen from space, uh -huh. especially via the Hubble telescope. Uh, so those gas clouds, some are sloughed off from stars, others are stellar nurseries ready to hatch newborn stars deep within. Uh -huh. uh, so so the, it's what we call it the interstellar medium. And it can be in a gaseous state right. with just gas 
atoms and gas molecules, hydrogen, nitrogen, oxygen, this sort of thing. They can make molecules in the form of carbon monoxide, carbon dioxide. Um, hydrogen makes a molecule with itself, okay. H2, we call it. Um, stuck up hydrogen. <laughs> it's sticking with itself. Yeah. Well, it's not the only one. Nitrogen binds with itself okay. to make N2, oxygen. So that's, we're not alone in this. Right. So... If the gas cloud is dense enough, there'll be pockets of it where the molecules come together and make really big molecules. Okay. Really, really, really big things. Right. And when you have a place where really, really big molecules come together, mm -hmm. they, it behaves differently in the transmission of light from behind it to in front of it. Okay. It absorbs light in a way that turns the light red. And so we call it reddening. <laughs> reddening. <laughs> nice. Turns it red. It's called reddening, right? Okay, gotcha. Right. So, so only when it becomes large enough to do that do we then call it dust. That's all. So when it gets, okay, I got you. So these clumps of molecules that come together, to, once they do they that. Huge, huge, huge things, right. Once they do that. Once they do that, that's when there's dust. When you have enough of that to affect the optics of the cloud, right. then we call that dust. Gotcha. And it reddens stars behind them. And so we used to think that certain stars were only red because they were behind these gas clouds. And then we learned about this phenomenon uh, in the 20th century, by the way. So it's relatively modern discovery given the history of astronomy. And so, so when we say, when I say we are stardust, mm -hmm. it is a figuratively and literally true thing because you're not gonna form stars and planets until these, these atoms become molecules, the molecules become dust. And out of this dust cloud, do you condense the planets? Nice. Okay, but now, there's a little bit of a loosey-goosey there. Okay. Because typically when you form a planet, stuff heats up again. Right. And it can get so hot that it breaks apart all the dust molecules. Okay. Oh. Yeah, because heat will destroy big molecules. Right. So, so it's, when I say we are stardust, the dust didn't stay intact before it became us. Then it would be supremely poetically true right but um nonetheless the the gas clouds that make star systems they start out as dust and so that's why i feel comfortable saying that so but the, if you want to take me to the limit i'll then give you that full explanation right as so, you just did right, right yes so the dust itself is is really on a molecular level it's not the dust that we think of when we see oh, dust it's way smaller yeah, than it's not the dust there. that we see like when you on a when a shaft of light is coming through a window in your home and you see these little part, particulates floating yeah, it, in the it air would be smaller than that it's right. much smaller right. than that and the, and it's molecules coming together and by the way there are ways that molecules stick together that don't involve complete up atomic uh, uh, electronic bonds. Okay. So when two atoms come together, they're sharing or exchanging electrons. Right. So that's an electronic uh, uh, bond. And then when you get really big, you can have molecules attached together just because their shapes fit. Right. Or just because there's something. I found you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can't believe we fit together like this, girl. Oh. <laughs> so there are other ways that you can stick molecules together. Gotcha. And it's when that begins to happen, that's when you get that's when you get, you get the these dust. phenomena. Oh man, that's so cool. Dust. All right. Dust Who knew the there was so much in dust? Oh, by the way, in the very early universe, before we made, before the stars made the heavy elements like right. carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, mm -hmm. the Earth, the universe was born with hydrogen and helium primarily. Okay. All the rest came later in stars. Gotcha. Okay. In the early universe, when they had gas clouds, there would not have been dust because you need all those other atoms to build up and make dust. There you go. The early universe tends to be rather dust free. Nice. Yes. Right. Yeah. So we were much cleaner. <laughs> much cleaner back in the day, we're baby. Freshly born. Yes, we're freshly born. Mm, got that new universe smell. <laughs> 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 oh, very cool question, right. Michael Ranger. All right. Let's what move, else you got? Let's move on. Office to, hours are open. Office hours are still open. The universe. All right. Here we go. Mm, get... Gatano, Gatano Maron, Gatano Maron wants to know this. Thanks for that name, by the way. <laughs> Freaking hate your parents. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so he wants to know this. Says, uh, does time expand the same way and for the same reason as space? So that's a great question. Uh, yes. Okay. Time is a coordinate. Right. All the other coordinates are stretching out. 
Why can't time? Can't time. Why not? Right. So we don't have evidence of this. It would have been kind of cool if that were the case. Okay. We just don't have evidence of it. And so what would the evidence be? When we look out to space, we see things not as they are, but as they once were. Okay. Because it takes time for light to reach us. That's the way my wife looks at me. <laughs> as you I, once as were. As I am, but as I once was. <laughs> Thank you, baby. <laughs> Please don't ever see me as I am now. <laughs> so, so it means if there's anything that was affected by time being compressed in the past okay. relative to today, it would manifest in the physical phenomenon that we observe. Okay. Okay, so maybe things would happen faster. Right. If time is compressed. Okay. So one second today is stretched out, one second back then is tight. Right. If, if you want to think of what, way, yeah, right. put it that way. Put it that way. So you look back then, no, things are not happening faster. Right. Things are not, everything is still working then the way it works now. Okay. The closest we've gotten to this is a research paper that I happen to be co-author on, Woo. the lead author of whom ended up getting the Nobel Prize. For, what? As, which was a piece of a much larger research project mm-hmm. um, that he did. His name is Brian Schmidt. Brian uh, Schmidt. Yeah, he's an astronomer at um, Mount Stromlo Observatory and Siding Springs Observatory. Mount Stromo? No, no, St- Stromlo. Oh, Mount Stromlo. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, worst name ever. Right. <laughs> Mount Stromlo. In, in Australia. Stromlo. So he headed a team that discovered that the universe was expanding faster than it should have, mm-hmm. that it shouldn't be, and that was the the co-discovery of dark energy. Right. The accelerating universe. Accelerating universe. And this paper was early work that all came together in his big project to study what exploding stars are doing nearby and far away. So what we have in that paper, the very first measurement ever, is an exploding star far away mm-hmm. and an exploding star nearby. Okay. They should, according to other, uh, other re- for other reasons, be exactly the same in how fast they get bright and how fast they become dim again. Okay. The star blew up. Right. You can measure this. Right. It, it was just a regular star, got bright, then it started getting dimmer again. Okay. We know what that should look like. And because we've modeled it. Okay. So now we look at the one far away and it doesn't match. We say, how come it doesn't match? Oh my gosh. Is it a different kind of exploding star? Then you invoke Einstein's general theory of relativity Mm -hmm. to show that since that light has been traveling long ago, the universe has expanded. Mm -hmm. So that time intervals of when stuff happened has been stretched out over that time in the time it took to reach us. Mm -hmm. If you take that, what we call light curve, invoke Einstein's relativity on it, it stretches to what it needs to be, and then it matches exactly the nearby exploding star. In other words, the universe really is expanding. Okay. And the ticks on a clock get stretched out while it is moving through the expanding universe. That's wow. Holy okay. crap. Yes. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. That's insane. That's what's throwing down. So that's what's going down. Right. But the event itself, we have no reason to presume it happened at any different rate than nearby. Right. Everything we understand about an expanding universe says this is what will happen to that signal en route. Right. And that's why you need relativity to apply to that. Yeah, otherwise, you have no handle on the Yeah, universe. you wouldn't be able to say. Right. 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 Wow. Just be mysterious things going on. Exactly. Right. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, we were quite proud of that result. It was the first time, now it's just a routine thing. What, a, what, a, what an understatement. You know, we were quite proud of it. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, but now it's, it's a routine thing. I mean, well, yeah, you, you just yeah. say, oh, the, the light curve doesn't fit. Um, let's see what it needs to be for being at that distance. And then it, it, you do that, and then it fits exactly. It fits perfectly. Every single time. Just fits exactly. Wow. Yeah. That, that is really... No, no you, could, you could assert that time was different then, uh-huh. and it didn't change en route here. Okay? Okay. But I would then say, I would say, uh, because the universe is expanding, we expect that to happen. Okay. So, and when it does happen, we're not then looking for other explanations. 
Gotcha. If we did that in science, you'd be Well yeah, you'd never do you never go from any place you, you are. You go any place where you know right, right, right. You stay right there just looking for other different things that it could be. And it could be when what you have is a perfectly it's, fine right. explanation. And this is already working. It works experimentally and theoretically. Right. Generally when you have that agreement, you move on. Right. Yeah. Wow. Man, that was a great question. Okay. Hey, get Gatano. Gatano Marone. That was a really I want you to apologize to Gatano's mother. I'm I'm sorry, Miss Gatano Marone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just because yeah. you have a simple, boring name doesn't true. mean everyone else has to. I, so you have to so you don't mess up reading their names. Yeah, well, Mrs. Marone, your scion is uh, quite profound and we appreciate uh, their question. All right. All right. Let's get to uh, Jet Jet. Kusanji. Uh, where did they say where they did it? Yeah, tweeting it? tweeting to us from at the Fury. At the, wait, at Jet the Fury. At the Fury, okay. Jet the Fury. How cool is that? Do you think if in the past scientists weren't always portrayed as evil, the public would be less anti-science? Yes. And I mean like in the movies and television, the scientist yes. is always the bad guy. Yes. Next question. (laughs) (laughs) I should have saved that for the lightning round. Okay, so so first of all, the scientists were not. I don't think that's the biggest problem with the portrayal of scientists historically. Really, because there were maybe a third of those scientists were not evil. Okay, were co-opted by an evil genius. Right. Or an evil uh, uh, ne'er-do-good doer. Right. Right. Ne'er-do-weller. Ne'er-do-weller. Thank you. Right. So, for example, in in the old Superman television series right there was always some scientist that was helping the criminal do their work but was didn't really want to that's true right? a lot of times the scientist was an unwilling participant unwilling participant true that was even the case in back to the future that is true yes where the, the 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 libyan terrorist wanted doc right. to make a bomb out of the plutonium right Okay. And he just wanted the money for his research, so he double-crossed them. Well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, as any good scientist should do, if, right. you're, if you're given money to make a bomb by right. terrorists, right? Exactly. Uh, now, who else did that is, of course, um, Iron Man. That is correct. He uh, denounced... No, no, he, they want him to make a bomb. Right, yeah. So, I'm making a bomb. Get out of here. Right, and, he right. exactly. and then he made a suit. He escaped right. with it. But that was a little bit more for uh, self-preservation. <laughs> he needed that suit to get out of there. You know? But then even after that, he was like, I don't want to make weapons anymore. Yeah. I want to do something good with this power source I right. discovered. Right. Exactly. So, my issue with the portrayal of scientists is not that they were more than half the time shown as evil or evil geniuses. Okay. It's that they were never shown to be completely human in all emotional dimensions. That is true. They're very one-dimensional characters. Yes. And it was like, Doc, is the world going to end or not? And you go behind the lab table, and they got the lab coat on and the wire hair, and they say, well, it, it, uh, the, it, the interaction of the thing, whatever. Oh, give me it in English, Doc. Right. And then someone else translated, and that's all you see of the Doc? That's all you that's see. That's all you see, right. That's all you see. You come in, and you leave. Right. The first... The first attempt to flesh out doctors that I know of and that I have seen was in CSI. Okay. Which portrayed scientifically literate, trained people uh-huh. as beautiful people you might want to be. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, and they were all hot. They're good looking. Good looking. A, right. smart. Right. B, right. they have fully fleshed out characters. They fall in love. Right. They have jealousy. They have kids. They're right. married. Right. They divorce. Then they become real people, like any other character that storytellers have been sharing with us. Nice. That, I, for me, was the transition that was most important. Right. And yeah. now make them evil or happy. Who cares? And that, well, now now you see more developed scientific characters in everything. 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 Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, that's cool, man. Yes. That's very, very cool. Well, there you go. You're out of time in that yeah. segment. At the Jet Fury, there's your question. So, yeah, all right. your answer. You know what shouldn't feel like rocket science? Planning a vacation your whole crew will love. With Carnival Cruise Line, it's all up to you. You can kick back or dive right into the fun. Paddleboard in the crystal clear waters of one of Carnival's exclusive destinations, Half Moon Key in the Bahamas. Take an ATV ride through the jungle or just relax on white sandy Caribbean beaches. The fun continues on ship. From a ride on the Bolt roller coaster to a moment of pure bliss 
at the Cloud Nine Spa. Kick off the evening with a craft cocktail at any of Carnival's dazzling bars and lounges and take your pick of restaurants from surf and turf to family-style Italian. Then settle in for an evening of live entertainment. Whatever your vibe is, you'll come home with plenty of stories to tell. So pack those bags, be sure to leave room for a few unforgettable memories because no one does fun like Carnival. Book your dream vacation at Carnival.com. Ships Registry, The Bahamas and Panama. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You saw the potential. And through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Uh, welcome back. You're listening or possibly watching Star Talk. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. Chuck, hey. let's continue with Cosmic Queries. Yes, we shall. Yes, this is a Comic-Con edition coming from New York City. Let's do it. We are here to answer your questions, whatever you'd like to know, uh, relating to the cosmos or maybe anything else. Uh, Dr. Tyson is here and wants to answer it's it. It's Dr. Neil to you. I love how you threaten me with a more casual, <laughs> formal before, <laughs> It's Dr. Neil to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hello, Mrs. Johnson. It's mom to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump right into this, shall we? And right. um, check out what some people have to ask. And this is Matthew mm -hmm. at M. DeGuadio. Uh, DeGuadio says this, what would have to happen to turn Jupiter into a star? Ooh, Ooh so what, a, what a weird, great Yeah, so question. Jupiter is rare among planets in that it actually gives more energy away than it receives from the sun. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And so this sort of leftover energy from its collapse right. in the very early days. So we think of Jupiter, by the way, it has more mass than all the other planets combined. Combined. Wow. So you say, well, could that have ever been a star? And if so, we would have had a double star system. Ooh. So Jupiter... If it had like 10 times as much mass, it would have been a star. So it needs more mass. More mass. And it puts more pressure, more in, the pressure core, in the core. Which makes it hotter in the core. Right. And then it gets to and thermonuclear then, fusion temperatures. And then the hydrogen ignites. Ooh. And then you get nice. a controlled nuclear fusion reactor. Right. When now here in America, we can make a nuclear fusion hydrogen nuclear fusion reaction, but it's not controlled, and we just call it an H-bomb. Oh. <laughs> That's what a bomb is. A non-controlled A non-controlled nuclear reaction. Yeah, yeah. okay. That's very cool, actually. Yeah. So then, right. if that's what happens when it ignites and it becomes this kind of controlled nuclear reaction, mm -hmm. what happens to a brown dwarf, then? Well, so there's this netherworld between a planet and a star. Okay. And a brown dwarf is... One of the words we use to describe that netherworld. Not quite enough mass to be a full-blown uh, star, but too much mass to be an ordinary gaseous planet. Mm -hmm. So that's a whole sub sub a cottage industry in my field in astrophysics. Lovely. We've got top people working on it. Nice. All right, there you go. How about Jonathan Martinez at JJZ12, 112, wants to know this. Neil. All right. What keeps Yes, you? he can call me Neil. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's Dr. Neil to you. <laughs> Jonathan. Okay. Neil, what keeps you up at night? What keeps you up at night? I can tell you right now. 
I lay awake wondering whether humans as a species have sufficient intelligence to actually figure out the universe. We, are, by our measure, are there any other species on Earth that ever had what we would call intelligence? You know, some are smarter than others, and mm. dolphins have big brains, but we're not thinking that they're intelligent. They're not building radio telescopes. They're still just swimming around. So there's intelligence plus technology, right? Mm. So here we are. We're intelligent. Let's figure out the universe. Maybe our measure of our own intelligence, though we think is high, would be low to some alien that has a vastly superior intelligence to us. And maybe it is they who will figure out the universe and not we. So what I lose sleep over is worrying whether we are not even smart enough to ask the questions that should be asked. Oh, wow. That deserve an answer. Now, that is, that is a serious conundrum, because if you're not asking the right questions, you can never get to the right answer. This is why I lose sleep. Damn. That was the whole point of the question. Wow. Yeah. You don't even know what question to ask? Now, imagine you're a dog. Does a dog know to ask, um, what is the air velocity of your plane when you're flying to New York to LA? Because I think I might want to get on it and get visit some friends. They don't even ha they, they don't know how to ask that question. Underdog did. <laughs> I remember underdog. <laughs> fly. Okay, underdog could speak English and walked bipedally. So yes, right, true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so yeah. I just I I. I lose sleep in our ignorance. Wow. That's, but, a, that's at night, but during the day, I bask in our knowledge. Look at that. But don't, don't forget that as the area of our knowledge grows, so too does the perimeter of our ignorance. Nice. Yeah. That, wow. Wow, it's like an ignorant pizza. Like the more you know, the bigger it gets. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but the edge is the connection between what you know and what, what you, don't you don't know. know. Right. And as that edge gets bigger, there's more perimeter of unknown. Oh yeah. my God. This is not encouraging. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, here we go. Um so this is Jonathan. Um I'm sorry, this is Denise Pico, uh who, who is at Pico nineteen says, Neil, if you got a chance to only ask one question of Isaac Newton, what would you ask? Wow, that's a good question. Oh, it's easy. Okay, ready? Go ahead. All right. I would say, please come forward into my time and help us and help us solve problems that we are not smart enough to figure out. Because my boy was smart. He was a smart guy. Right. That's that. That'd be the one question. Wait, didn't I you say? Did I hear you say this once that Isaac Newton was so smart that he figured out something in the universe that he couldn't answer, and then had to invent a math to answer the question? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Is that's that, right. Did yeah. you say yeah. that? Yeah, no, no, yeah. Okay, let me let me fix ahead, what you fix just said. Me. Go ahead. <laughs> but at least you know I'm paying attention. Yeah, all right? you're, you're paying, you said you said that to me one time. A, a B plus. Okay. For paying attention. <laughs> so Isaac Newton was asked, "Why is it that your equation of gravity gives us?" Orbits that are ellipses, okay. which is a slightly squashed circle. Why that shape and not some other shape? And he said, I, I don't know. I'll get back to you. So, right. So he goes home and figures out why it's that shape and not others. And then his friend said, well, how did you figure this out? Well, I had to invent integral and differential calculus to help me. And then now <laughs> here's the reason why. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah, basically on a dare, basically. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. cool. I knew it was something like that. I'm glad mm -hmm. that you revisited that. All right, uh, here we go. This is uh, Billy Chocolates says this. Billy Chocolate? Billy Chocolates, but okay. not chocolate. Chocolates. He's Chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> Why does the speed of sound always move constant in any density of a fluid, gas, or liquid? Intuitively, you may think the large the source per se, the faster it might travel instead of how how far. Uh, there's a spelling thing in here, but so yeah, keep telling yourself that, Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> that was wrong, man. Why you gotta throw me under the bus like that, man? Just trying to read and Well, know. so so the speed of sound is it so what is the speed of sound? It's the ability of one molecule to vibrate and tell the next molecule what just happened. Right. That's all that's going on there. All right, I'm a molecule, it goes to you, and you go to the next one. Right. Okay? And how close packed we are can tell you how fast that can happen, and depending on the medium, sound moves very fast in things like steel. Right. So you, so you put your ear to the railroad tracks, 
you presumably you're doing this because you don't yet see a train. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and you, you might hear. So uh, Native Americans in, in ancient days would put their ear to the ground, listening for the hoofs of a, a thing. So, so um, whales can communicate across, depending on the frequency. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was my whale. I'm sorry. That was your imitation of, uh, what's her name? On, well, on Ellen DeGeneres. And Ellen DeGeneres on, yes. on Finding Nemo. So, <laughs> you can't speak whale, but I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> this man's a PhD. <laughs> so... Um, so that's really all it is. It's not. It's not more complicated than that. And when you don't have a medium that right. can vibrate and, com and communicate to another molecule, there is no speed no of sound because right. there's no sound. There which go. is why in space, not only can no one hear you scream, no one can hear you explode either. So practically every sci-fi movie in space that has sound, so, it would just be silent movie if they did it accurately. Oh God, don't you get just, me started. That, that would ruin Star Wars. You know what I mean? Tie fighters going by, going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tweeted once. I was angry. In Star Wars: The Force Awakens, the yeah. Tie Fighters go by in the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. They made the same, same sound, sound they as did they did in, in space. vacuum. <laughs> that's right. It's like, no. Oh. Excuse me. I'm smarter than that. Give me a different sound. Oh, that's so funny. I was pissed off. All right, let's move on. Tara Sweeney uh, tweeting at Tara Sweeney five 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 wants to know this: Is there any effort to find exomoons? as well as exoplanets, and how difficult is it in comparison? And I'm going to add on to that. Is there any reason to find an exomoon? Exo. 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 Yeah, not yes. eggs. Not exomoon. Oh, come on, man. It's exo. <laughs> uh, so exo. a moon would be smaller than the It's hard enough to, to, find to, to find the planet. Right. Man, people are just impatient. Damn. Yeah. Let us find a let, damn planet let's first. Let us find a planet first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I need the moons now. I know. Right. right. Where's the moon? Damn. No, we don't even have the planet yet. Look, we got planets around other stars in the galaxy, right. and now that's not enough for her. Well, you know, maybe it's because there's so much talk about, like, some of them, like Jupiter and all of its uh, so 280 million moons. Yeah, and, yeah, that's right. And then, of course, Up to 290 million as of yesterday. Exactly. <laughs> no. And, like, Enceladus with Saturn. And exactly. So here's the thing if you have a big planet, and the moons are much smaller, so they don't leave much of a visual signature. Right. It, it was hard enough finding moons in our own solar system around planets in our backyard. Correct. To find moons around exoplanets, maybe that day will come, but it's not anytime soon. A. B. It is, though it's important. No one is thinking about life in the atmosphere of Jupiter, although Carl Sagan had a thought that maybe there are floaters and sinkers and things. It was more sort of a an exercise in calculating if you can have a, a an ecosystem mm -hmm. in an unfamiliar kind of environment. Mm -hmm. Holding that one paper aside, um, what's interesting about Jupiter is there are moons that could be more likely to have life than anything else out there. Right. So in our search for life, what's surely the genesis of that question is, just because you found a planet doesn't mean that's the best place you might find life. Right. It could be on one of the moons around it, and will we one day find the moons? And perhaps yes, but it's beyond our current technology if the moons are much smaller than the planets. Cool. Yeah. It's a great question, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah I love yeah. it. Okay. Um, let's see. Andrew, the Canadian, wants to know, A, Andrew, the Canadian. <laughs> I what? heard how you spell Canada. It, it's it's C-N-D. <laughs> C-N-D? Yeah. That's how you spell Canada. C-N-D. No, it's C-A. Yeah. C-A. N-A. D-A. That's my Canadian joke there for the day. There you go. <laughs> That's good, right? That's, That's not bad. bad. I'm Can a, a Canadian, Canadian. told me that. C-A-N-A-D-A. Yeah. C-N-D. That's how you get Canada. <laughs> All right, so Andrew the Canadian wants to know this. When the Earth is double tidal locked to the sun. Oh. Ooh. Which... That's a weird thing because I thought the Earth okay, was going to be... Okay, that's not going to... Well, go on. I thought Finish the Earth and the Moon were going to be double tidal locked. Finish it through. All go right. on. So, when the Earth is double tidal locked to the sun, yes. will there be weather systems or snow? Okay, so so imagine there's no moon. So let's just get the moon out of the equation. We would one day become tidally locked with the sun. I, I, I'd have to calculate how soon that would be. It could take longer than how much time the sun has left, and we'd have other issues to worry about as the sun expanded and became a red giant and engulfed the orbits of Mercury and Venus and rendered Earth a, a burning cinder, vaporizing as it descends into the abyss of the sun center. Other than that, um, you, you, if, if we tidally locked to the sun, it means we only show one the face, face to the, of the sun. sun. And right. The other face we don't. 
So one face would be warm, the other face would be really cold. And I would think that neither side is where you'd wanna live. You could live on, a, on, the, on the, what we call the Terminator, the boundary between the two. We get a little bit of sunlight and a little bit of dark at your, at your choice. But the question was, was not about that. What was it about? Uh, if we're doubly tied to lock, will there still be snow and will there still be weather? Oh, oh, yeah. To uh, the sun. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could, in principle, still have weather. One of the problems is you get water that evaporates off the sunlit side and then circulates to the back and then freezes and comes out as snow. Right. And then it stays there forever. Right. So, so you, all the water would sort of collect on the backside. Of the, but mm. we'll be very advanced by then. We can just melt it and bring it back. Right. Or if we're that advanced... Get the hell off of the earth. That's what I'm saying. I'm with that. Find another planet. Okay. All right. Go, so we going. only have a few minutes left. And uh, let us know where you're actually chiming in from here on the comments. I'm actually reading the live stream right here okay. now just uh -huh. from people who are who are with us. Let's well, that's get, us right there in the That's picture. us in the picture. Oh, and that, this is actually us watching us. This is so meta right now. <laughs> <Okay>. So crazy. <laughs> okay. Um, here we go. Uh, hey Chuck, you look marvelous in the little screen. I got to tell you something. That is where I always look good is in little screens. <laughs> okay. And here we go. Um, who says this? Uh, oh, I lost them. Sorry. You lost Chuck. I, I lost all the uh, stuff. So let's okay, go. We'll go back to the. Would it, so let's go to St. Peter. St. Peter? Say, yeah. Who says this? Would it be more difficult for life to develop on a planet in a binary multi-star system? Ooh, so very nice. That's so a good question. Here's the problem. If you have two, a double star system, of which most stars in the night sky are double and multiple star systems. Wow. Most So dots of light that you see, whip out a telescope, you see two stars, three, four, multiple stars. Cool. And so most of the stars are that. And in fact, in Star Wars Episode Four. Mm -hmm. The first Star Wars. Da, da, There's that scene where da, Luke, come, Luke da, da, comes out and he's in the 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 the, da, the, the, the da, desert da, planet da, da, and he sees the two stars there. Da, and I said, that, by the way, that is the only accurate astrophysics in the entire movie series. So two stars. I said somebody finally put a planet around a double star system. Right. And they also did it right because if the if the stars are very separated, <clears throat> you can have confused orbital allegiance for what your planet would do. When it tries to count out its year. Oh, that's cool. You want to be confused in an orbital allegiance. Oh. So what happens is if they're close enough together, then the planet sees one sort of smeared average gravity. Right. And you can sustain one stable orbit. So we don't if 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 biology requires stability in order to evolve, then if the two stars are widely separated, you're not gonna have a stable climate. Plus your orbits are not particularly stable. You'll either fall into one of the two stars or you get kicked out. So if you're going to look for life as we know it, you want orbits around close, closely orbiting st uh, planets, uh, stars, or just single star systems. That's all. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Very good okay. question. Mm -hmm. Excellent. All right. Let's, uh, let's go with Anthony uh, Rufato. And that was St. Peter's question. That was St. Peter. Yes, Saint exactly. Peter. And by the way, I tell Jesus, I say hi. Um, <laughs> <and> you've... <laughs> <laughs> You've dedicated a career to bringing astro knowledge to weak commoners. And for this, we thank you. What future discovery do you secretly hope is named for you? Oh, I have no such interests or goals to have anything in this world named after me. Mm. Uh, I just want the world to be a slightly better place for me having lived in it. And that doesn't require that I be remembered for it. It just has to require that it is. So the answer, Anthony, is please name your firstborn Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> no. and, and, and when I die, you know one of my tombstones, did I tell you? What? A quote from Horace Mann, great educator. What's it say? Uh, what I wanted to say is, be ashamed to die until you have scored some victory for humanity. Wow. It doesn't say, be ashamed to die until you got well, something, something named bad, after you. Right, that's true. Until what you've said. scored a victory for humanity. And then, right. I'm good. Uh, my tombstone is going to say, you should come down here. It's real nice. <laughs> 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 Join me. Join me now. <laughs> I don't want to be alone. <laughs> it's cold down It's cold down here. <laughs> I'm scared. Help me. <laughs> and what was Beethoven doing down there? He was decomposing. Oh, oh, oh. On that, we're going to say thank you to Twitter. <laughs> thank you to all the people who are watching. And thank you to your own personal astrophysicist. <laughs> and, uh, and wait a minute. Why, why did Twitter take away all my 
fan Twitter bots. Those are some of my best fans. <laughs> <laughs> now that was funny. You, do, you just redeemed yourself. <laughs> those bots. Bye, bye Twitter bots. Those bots were so I'll funny. miss you. <laughs> All right. Until next time, I'll let Neil tell you as usual. Oh, as always, I bid you to keep looking up. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.